The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz. This is the Pet Buzz. Freshly collected with news, celebrity pet gossip, and the latest pet trends. The Pet Buzz gives you the latest 411 on everything pet related. Everything pet related. Hosted by pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. And here's the Dynamic Pet Duo. Hey, greetings from the Pet Buzz Studios. How about that Super Bowl, Dr. Fleck? Fantastic for us as Tampa Bay lovers. I know, but you were saying that you didn't see as many pet commercials as there normally is. No, it's amazing to me that in the past, that's what really has drawn attention to people in their comments afterwards about how cute that that commercial was because they included that. Yeah, and usually some of the top 10 always have pets in it. But you know what I think? I mean, I think a lot of brands cut down. I mean, Super Bowl commercials cost 5.5 or 5.6 million dollars per 30 seconds, per 30 seconds. And then you have to produce the commercial. Absolutely. And create the commercial. So that's the added expense. So maybe they're, you know, with everything going on, people weren't sure. And they like to get that stuff done ahead of time. But you know what? I'm missing. I mean, it was a great celebration. Proud of the Bucks. Tom Brady did a magnificent job rebuilding the team with his help and the coaches and everything. How about that female referee? I thought she was great. I bet she owns a dog. I bet she does. Who I, bet she does. I hope we can we get her on. We got to find yeah. out. Anyway, well, so right now it's kind of sad for me. It's kind of bittersweet because I'm missing another big celebration that always happens in February. And this would be it. This would be the second week, the second Monday and Tuesday in February, where thousands upon thousands of dogs and their posses, you know, their owners, their breeders, handlers, descend upon New York City for the greatest dog show the world has ever seen. And you guys know what I'm talking about. I am talking about the beloved Westminster Kennel Club dog show. But as I told you guys last week, the pandemic has postponed the the annual Westminster dog show until June. But Hey, you know what? I'm happy to, to announce that they are having doggy celebrations. So WKC is hosting the Westminster Celebration Week from this Saturday coming up February 12th through Friday, uh, February 19th. And it's really an exciting social gathering around the hashtag WKC Dog Show, which is a week filled of fun and interaction dog loving content across Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So these are some of the things they're going to do. They're going to have online showcase of agility videos, like uh, archival footage, educational offerings, and lots of trivia. There's going to be untold stories from Westminster's presenting sponsor, Perina Pro Plan. And they're going to show videos where handlers recall their emotion, you know, like the best of Westminster. And I think that's going to be cool as they actually are on the green carpet at Madison Square Garden. Some of their sponsors like Embark Health is doing a Facebook live webinar called Collaboration is Key, How Breeders and Veterinarians Shape the Next Generation of Healthy Dogs. I think that's good if you're actually interested in getting a dog. And then their book events, there's other fun content from their sponsors like Hosequin and Trupanion, the insurance company. And really, here, here's what I really like. The AKC Museum of the Dog is doing an on-demand event uh, featuring past Westminster show chairman who also was past president of the AKC. That's Ron Meneker. So if you guys are interested for a complete schedule for Westminster Celebration Week, check out on Twitter, WKC Dogs, and on Instagram, Westminster Kennel Club, and on uh, and also WKC360 on Instagram and on Facebook. We can't forget about Facebook. KC Dog Show on Facebook. And also you can browse the WestminsterKennelClub.org. 
website. But now let's kick off our show, The Pet Buzz, with the weekly countdown. Well, in segment four, Emily Lartham from Dogmatics Dog Training talks about training her dogs to become Guinness Book of World Record Holders. Three in seg three, Aaron Scheiderman, president of Sniff, talks about partnering with Global Canine Protection Group to supply the Miami Heat's virus detection dogs. Awesome. And two, you don't want to miss our weekly celebrity pet buzz with me. Or flex facts with me. And in segment one, you know, city living has its advantages, but with greater population density also comes an assortment of problems. And you guys know them. They're pests, they're litter and pollution. You know, they can really turn any city pet from sparkling clean. You know, just imagine when you come right from the groomer to pretty dirty and gross. Think about all those white paws that are just nasty and filthy. Okay. Or the snow that a lot of people around the country are having. You've got a lot of dirty, nasty pets, right? They sure do. And joining us today to talk about dirty cities and how they affect pets is Lawn Starters Managing Editor, Jeff Herman. Jeff, thanks for joining us on the Pet Buzz today. Glad to be here. Well, you know, Jeff, I'm going to go ahead and ask the first question. So why would pet owners want to know about the dirtiest cities in America? Dirty cities affect our air quality and our way of life, but they also affect our pets too. So poor air quality can affect their breathing. It can lead to shorter life. And it just means that you have to clean them more often too. Yeah. And spend money and getting your dog groomed. Well, the groomers like that. Yeah, of course they do. I mean, in turn, it makes the economy go around. But, you know, just think about the uh, arrangement times and the mess in your apartment. All right. Give us the list. So what are some of the dirtiest cities in America? Well, Los Angeles, Newark, New Jersey, Houston, Texas, San Antonio and New York are some of the dirtiest cities in America. Oh, big cities. What about some small ones that are dirty? Palmdale, California is a suburb of Los Angeles. Then you've got Glendale, California, Mesa, Arizona, Fontana, California, Pasadena, California, lots of California places. Um, Fort Worth, Texas and Dallas, Texas, which is kind of where I live. They're dirty, too. Wow. You know, this kind of interesting when you mention California, because they've made such a big effort out there, at least publicly, to try to make their environment very clean. Yet they're the biggest culprits. Is that correct? Yes, I think it's mostly smog-related. That's a big part of it, smog-related, and then just bugs. It's a warmer climate where you have roaches and other ants, other pests that get into uh, the environment. What I find so interesting about that, some of the more popular breeds of dogs, like your French bulldogs, very popular in California and throughout the country, as well as your English bulldogs, and also popular cats like Himalayans and Persians, which we have. And, you know, I have English Toy Spaniels, also flat-faced breeds of dog, have a problem with respiratory issues. But I will say this, Jeff, I'm surprised by Mesa, Arizona. I was just assumed Arizona was like super clean and dry. And Yeah, what's the, what's the issue there? It's just the air quality is worse than we thought there, according to the US EPA. So I guess it's smog and pollution. And they have these like really weird dust storms in Phoenix and Mesa, Arizona, that creates a lot of dust in the air that gets in our lungs. Again, a lot of natural made issues, which is really interesting. Yeah. So why do pet owners need to know about those pesky pets, roach motel cities, et cetera? (laughs) I thought that was the funniest thing, roach (laughs) motel cities. Well, when you're sharing your house with roaches, that gets into their food and in their water, and that can contaminate their food and water. And if roaches are hungry enough, they will feast off of your pets. 
and that will cause skin irritations. So you want to be very careful when you have pest problems in your home to make sure that you get rid of those roaches and any rodents to make sure that your dog and your health is paramount. So what are those roach motel cities? <laughs> the roach motel cities are in the South. I've lived in some of them and you're familiar with some of them from Sarasota. It's Tampa, it's Dallas, it's anywhere where you have roaches all over the place. In many cases, there are palmetto bugs, but it's roaches. There are so many varieties of them. Anything in the South has more of a problem with roaches. And if you look more North in New York City, you've got rats and you have rodents. Remember pizza rat. So you have problems in different areas with natural predators and natural predators. Oh, Jeff, you know, as it gets a little colder, it sure does drive those rodents inside, doesn't it? It really does. Now, and and what cities are, are rodent filled? I mean, I would assume like somebody like New York is, right? Chicago. Right. It's all those big urban cities. And they say that since the pandemic and we're staying more at home, we're eating more at home. We're letting our trash pile up, which is leading to more roaches and more rats and more everything from, you know, raccoons in areas of Austin. They're trying to get into your trash. And it's a problem because of we're, we're just collecting more trash because of the pandemic. Well, Jeff, you know, this is great information, and I'm sure our pet owners weren't even thinking about this, but they will now. And we really appreciate you coming and visit with us today. Thanks so much. Glad to be here. Awesome. Okay. Well, what about you guys? Did What did you think? We want to hear from you. And just to remind everyone, that was Jeff Herman, Managing Editor of Lawn Starter. To learn more about America's dirtiest cities, visit LawnStarter.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use the Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. Tever Pet knows there's a lot in your life that you worry about. We want to make sure your pet's flea and tick protection isn't one of them. Tever Pet offers vet quality flea and tick protection that has the same active ingredients as leading brands like Canine Advantix 2 and Frontline Plus, but that cost much less, which means you can give your pet total flea protection worry-free. And the best part is you can get Tever Pet flea and tick topicals delivered right to your door when you shop on TeverPet.com. Tever Pet, helping you and your pet live your best life. When your doctor recommended omega fatty acids as a daily supplement, he told you that they promoted better heart, brain, skin, joint, and immune system health. Well, doesn't it make sense for your pet to have the same health benefits? EpiPet Whole Fish Treat, an all-natural smoked fish supplement, is 100% bioavailable, bringing your pets the nutrients they need to keep them healthy and happy. We first heard about EpiPet at our local rescue shelter where our family adopted Lucy, a 10-year-old yellow lab. She was in tough shape, but we noticed within just a few days how soft and thick her coat was getting. She has more energy now, loves to chase her favorite tennis ball, and most importantly, how happy and healthy Lucy is now. We could not be happier. Thanks, EpiPet. To order better pet health for your dog or cat, just visit epi-pet.com. That's epi-pet.com. 
Thank you so much for joining us on the Pet Buzz this morning. As you know, the show is hosted by the Dynamic Pet Duo. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Well, I don't know if you guys watched the Puppy Bowl. It was so much fun. I have to admit that I recorded it and watched it after the big game. But one of the highlights, other than Snoop and Martha emceeing the event, was a commercial with the new White House Dogs champion major. It was aired during the Puppy Bowl, and it featured Dr. Jill Biden and the first dogs, Champ and Major. The whole commercial was about having the viewers watch the adorable event to stay healthy for pets by wearing masks. So seen sitting beside her, the two German shepherds and Dr. Jill started talking. She said, for a lot of us during the pandemic, our pets have been such a source of joy and comfort and maybe a bark or two during a video conference, as you and I have heard many times. And then she went also to go on to say the unconditional love from a dog is one of the most beautiful things on earth. And we owe it to them to keep ourselves healthy. She said, please keep wearing your mask, even when you're out walking your dog. And I thought that was a good and timely commercial. And she's right. There were a few people that we know of and we talked about on the show who died of COVID and left their pets behind. And unfortunately, those pets really had to be rehomed. And it was really a tragedy as well as a travesty what happened to them. So keep yourself safe. Wear your mask. Wear a mask. Protect your four-legged family members and friends. Okay. And now what you've been waiting for, Flex Facts. Welcome to Just the Facts. Just the Facts. Fact or fiction? Just the Facts, ma'am. You want answers! I want the truth! It's going to take long. You got the time. So, Dr. Fleck, what are we going to talk about today? In Flex Facts, we're going to talk about making an appointment with your veterinarian in a preparatory way. Okay, so you had some things specifically that you wanted to talk about I sure do. I sure do. You know... Time is so precious for all of us these days. And because many of the veterinary practices do curb service where you have to wait outside in order to have a visit with your veterinarian and you don't even get to visit. Some of us don't do that, Mm -hmm. but most of them are doing that. But time is so precious in trying to get a good evaluation for whatever is wronging with your pet. So the biggest thing that I see that should probably happen is you should be prepared when you make the appointment with the vet. Okay, so what do you mean by prepare? Because Pre- I, I mean, a while ago, we talked about prepping to go to the vet, making a list of the things that you think are wrong with Absolutely. Your First concerns. of all, if you're making the appointment for the vet, is it for a preventative uh, annual visit or is there for a medical visit? Okay. In either way, it's so important for you to write down all of those things that are important. Well, first and foremost, you're really talking about an evaluation of your pet on an annual basis. Okay. And the vaccines and all the other testing are just part of that. Okay. And you talk about testing. Now you say these days people are reluctant to get testing. There are so many reluctance. And maybe it's just the the state of of our our COVID cases. Maybe it's the economy. Maybe people are worried about money. That's always a concern. Sure. And, you know, if that's always a concern, it's not hard for somebody to get on the phone or get on the Internet and look around and see about different pricing for things. Sure. I mean, I think that's normal. So I guess you would say, you know, for example, it's not uncommon for you when you get your annual, whether it's getting a, well, not you, but getting a mammogram, getting a blood test, getting cholesterol taken. So that's par for the course. And people know that those things cost extra money. So they should be willing, because they do have a pet, to spend that money for those that extra testing, it gives you guys a more accurate read, correct? They, they do. But even more important than that is people living with their pets like they are now mm-hmm. are more concerned about 
the health of their pets. Sure. They're, they're even making up things as we find in veterinary medicine. But because there's such a concern, you need to have your questions answered. Mm-hmm. But you have to move along in the exam room because there's only so much time that can be spent. Sure. And people, doing this. right. And other people have appointments. So it's a, like, so, so if you, for example, if your pet's limping, you know, and you notice that maybe you should write that down because it could be, maybe he did twist his leg, but maybe he has. Uh, and, when, and when did it happen? Right. And when, is it the rear leg or is it the front leg? Quite frankly, well. most of the time when we see lamenesses, the dog zigged instead of zag. Okay. And it could be arthritis as well. Once again, if the dog is like, you, you might need it. Let's say it's an x-ray. You might need to have an x-ray. Yes. And that's what goes back to your point mm-hmm. about one must be willing to do at least the minimal amount of diagnostic tools to get a good diagnosis. Sure. I mean, there's proof, you know, right. Okay. So, you know, write your concerns down, but take it a step further, maybe in your mind, you know, maybe the doctor will tell you to get an x-ray. Maybe he'll ask you to get an additional test. So, and that, you know, maybe you can't do it right then and there, but you need to be prepared to schedule something two or three weeks when you can afford it. Yes. I mean, the doctor's not asking you to get a test just because he necessarily wants money. He's concerned about the health of your pet. And he's offering you the best options Mm -hmm. for getting the diagnosis so that your questions are answered. Right. And your pet can get healthy or they can isolate or find out a condition that he might have, whether it's a breed condition or an age related condition or maybe just something that happenstance. Correct. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I got to talk to you about a little bit of the pet peeves that that most of us in the office are concerned about. And this goes back again to please write down all the concerns that you have Mm -hmm. before you come into the office. And when you're scheduling your appointment with the receptionist, Mm -hmm. make sure that you tell them what you're coming in for. The biggest problem that we have, one of the biggest problems, especially in these times, is that when people come in, they come in for a particular problem. And then all of a sudden there's ancillary problems that may even become more important than the problem that they called for. Okay. So this extends the time when, the doctor has to spend right. with the, the client and the patient. Sure. And and therefore, they need to be more receptive for what the doctor and the staff are recommending. Yeah. Okay. So make sure that you're cognizant of what your problems are and recognize that you have a certain time limit for your exam. Yeah. I think, but, but it's all kind of focused into that because, for example, today, mm-hmm. when I'm visiting with patients that are calling for their routine annual uh, vaccination and exam program. So as they come in, we have a a wellness exam that we provide. And we actually at our place is complimentary Mm -hmm. uh, unless we have to get into medical issues. Right. So we need to be prepared. If you have some issues when you do make the appointment that we can be aware of focusing in on that, because lots of times if it's issues that maybe can conflict with administering the vaccines or or doing heartworm testing or providing heartworm. But if they're calling in and they're making the appointment and they say they're making their appointment for their annual physical and, and the vaccines, et cetera, do you have any other specific issues? No, I think everything's pretty, pretty normal. But then when they come in, they, they actually have other concerns. A lot of time is once they make that appointment, they think they start thinking about it and they start thinking or seeing things because they're like, oh, I'm going to the vet. Let me look at the pet, see what he's walking, see what he's doing. Exactly. But don't forget that the, the appointments are made 
with a certain amount of timing in preparation right. okay. versus what it would be for a medical right. exam. So you really example. need people to tell you when they make the appointment what they're what you're seeing. And the worst thing that can happen uh-huh. is somebody gets home and says, oh, darn, I forgot to tell the doctor about that. Yeah. So just make a list and bring yeah. it in. And I enjoy that when people come in and they've got a list of 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 issues that they'd like to have resolved. Right. And that, anything else? That's all the flex facts for this week. Love that. Once again, another great flex facts by Dr. Fleck opining about various issues that he confronts every week in his practice practices, I should say. So stick around up next, my I like of the week. And of course, always more buzz. Great guests coming back at you. So stay tuned and stay with us. According to the American Animal Hospital Association and the American College of Veterinary Dermatology, pets need sunscreen too. Use EpiPet Sun Protector, the only FDA-approved pet sunscreen on short-haired, light-colored, hairless golden retrievers and other dogs susceptible to skin cancer. Contained in a sports bottle, EpiPet allows you to turn the bottle upside down, making it easier to spray your dog all over to protect your dog from the sun all day and every day. Visit epi-pet.com. What would you do with two and a half more years with your dog? Two and a half more years of fetch, of walks, of love. Studies show that overweight dogs live two and a half years less on average than dogs at a healthy weight. But Slim Paws is here to help. Veterinarian recommended weight loss in one daily chew for your dog. Slim Paws for the long, healthy life of your dog. You know, you're listening to the best in pet talk radio. This is the pet buzz. That's the way it has to be, because that's the way I like it. It's genius. I like it. I love it so much. I like it. It's to die for. I like it. You know, Valentine's Day is right around the corner. So I'm just curious, are you gifting your dog or cat with a Valentine's Day gift? Well, I found something that I really, I like it. It's woofers. Woofers artisan dog cookies are an adorable hand-decorated treat that are made with locally sourced human-grade ingredients that are a huge hit with four-legged friends and, of course, their followers. So the brand's limited edition Woofers Valentine Day cookie box and their Pizza My Heart cookie box is a Valentine's-themed pizza pie that will your pup will just love. He will devour the box. And actually, both boxes of specially themed treats cost about $39.99. That's a little bit on the expensive side, but there's free shipping. So check them out at Woofers. That's W-U-F-E-R-S.com. And remember, the only thing a dog loves other than you is yummy treats. I should say to scarf down yummy treats. Seems as if our next guest is waiting. So Miami Heat fans are now allowed back in America Airlines Arena for the first time in months. And it's all with the help of some particularly fast and accurate COVID-19 detectors, virus sniffing dogs. So joining us is Aaron Streiterman. You're the president of Sniff, who works in partnership with Global Canine Protection Group to supply the Miami Heat's detection dogs. Welcome to the Pet Buzz, Aaron. Thank you for having me. 
You had a question, Dr. Black. I do. I do. Aaron, please tell us why is using sniffing dogs at the Miami Heat games so unusual? So uh, this is one, it's a layered approach. There's actually, um, the Heat's been using a toolbox, if you so to say, of different layered approaches for mitigating the risk of COVID-19. This is one of those steps that are in that toolbox that would help keep that environment safe. Masks, social distancing, no eating, there's only designated areas for eating, uh, et cetera, are all steps in play to mitigate the risk as much as possible. Wow, that's interesting. I mean, when you think of that multi-layer approach, you know, because you wonder, like, are people wearing masks in the stadium? And then what are they doing about, you know, drinking and eating? So that's super cool, right? It really is. And I think I've kind of wondered as a sports fan and wondering why I can't go to ball games. Why are we taking so long to have this come about? I mean, the UK has been on it, you know, since early, early in the spring. I mean, with the medical detection dogs. Is it part of the concern that government may have that it wouldn't be effective or what? We've actually been working on this since May uh, of last year. And that's when the program started. However, there's a lot of different uh, from the R&D to the validation components of this that were just time consuming. And now this was the right time for us to begin the reopening and deployment. Now, how did you start working with the heat? Because I know you're working with, I guess, the global canine detection group. Sure. So SNF started in May where we started the R&D of imprinting canines uh, specific to COVID-19. Um, once we completed the R&D and validation, uh, we needed to bring in the experts um, in operations. So there's a lot of different components when it's not just the imprinting of the canine, it's the operational setting that they'll be working in. And that's what Global Canine brings to the table. They're one of the largest canine companies here in the U.S. They have a variety of expertise in sports and entertainment. When you think about canines, you imprint them and then you need to be able to have them operational in that environment. So that's what Global brings to the table where we were able to mimic those environments in the training so like that we could implement them and have the dogs used to those environments when they're coming into the operational setting. So uh, if you just joined us, we're talking with Sniffs, Aaron Scheiderman, about the Miami Heats using virus detection dogs at their games. Now, Aaron, let's talk about the dogs, because I'm curious. What breeds of dogs are you using, and how are you training the dogs, and what are they exactly sniffing for? I mean, obviously, it's COVID-19 virus, but how does that all work? Sure. So we use, there's no specific dog that we need to use. We do use Belgian Malas, and floppy dogs are obviously more people-friendly, so that's always better to have better friendly dogs for people. Um, especially when they're going to be sniffing to people. We train them to sniff the virus. There's an odor that comes off the body when someone is infected with COVID-19, and they are trained to detect that odor that comes off the body when someone has COVID-19. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting because obviously we can't smell that, that odor, but the dogs can. How do the dogs work at the arena? And are they just sniffing fans or... They sniffing players, coaches, and other heat and arena staff? So currently, uh, anybody coming into the arena doors um, from staff at the arena and fans, um, not players and coaches. When the way it works is similar to what you see in an airport, it's a little bit similar, not exactly the same, where you line up in a chute, socially distance, and the dog runs the line. And then anybody that gets alerted on the dog makes a set. 
currently it takes about 5.2 seconds to have you know getting them lined up in a crew and running the people that's pretty cool yeah. though I mean, if you think about it, I mean, and you, and you expect to see like with especially with, you know, from our past experience with vapor wake dogs, they're always at the entrance. So this is nothing that people really if you're going to these big game events or nothing, really, people haven't seen before. How have the fans accepted this? So, so far, it's been an incredible good experience for everybody. Um, you know, we've spoken to fans. I've been at many of the games, obviously. Um, just, you know, people want to get back to returning to normal. Um, people want it. You know, we, we, we're, we're social. We like to be with people. We like everybody's desperate to get back to games. So people are really enthusiastic about getting back to the games. And we've only seen positive feedback so far. Well, final question. So what do you think the future is for virus detection sniffing dogs? I mean, we've seen it in so many venues, especially with cancer and and even pregnancy and even sniffing out laurel wilt disease and avocados here in Florida. <laughs> so pandemics are obviously something that's going to unfortunately be with us for a long time. Not just this one. There are future pandemics. Dogs have this ability. You know, the they have the human being has six million smell receptors. Dogs have three hundred million smell receptors. So that's obviously an incredible ability to smell things. Dogs have been able to do mines, water. Um, cancer um, in agriculture as well you name it they've been able to help in that so when you look at it from a screening perspective anytime you would need to mitigate risk in something that is big and you know for example in in, ag in agriculture would be field um, anything that's big that you need to screen effectively and quickly dogs have the ability to help us in that aaron thanks so much for for sharing that information with us today i mean this is exciting and exciting for me as a sports fan so I can get back to the arena. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great way to combat the virus, to prevent super spreader events. And really, like Aaron said, return us back to that normal way of normal life. Normal way of life. Where oh you can, gosh. as you always say, you know, attend these big events. And as you always say, enjoy life. Right, Dr. Fleck? And feel comfortable and healthy right. doing it. Because you're a super sports fan. I mean, really, right? You bet. You bet. Okay, well, you're absolutely right, Dr. Fleck. Using these dogs can help us bring back the normal way of life. And we love to talk about what dogs can do here at the Pet Buzz. And everyone, just to remind you, that was Aaron Schneiderman, president of Sniff, the supplier of the Heat's COVID-19 detection dogs. Learn more about Sniff by visiting sniffscreening.com. Next up, global pet news from South Korea and a new Guinness Book of World record holder who worked with her dogs to achieve this recognition and honor. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and our buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. So I'm a cat, and I just moved in with this new human, and she's got this little toy she's always playing with, all day long. Tap, 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 bloop, bloop. She can't put it down. There it is. Oh, and get this. She even talks to it. Last week, she asked it for Chinese, and guess what? Egg rolls showed up, like magic. Humans have cool toys. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt.
Brought to you by the Ad Council and the shelterpetproject.org. Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? I love animals and want my pets to be healthy. So I asked our vet who recommended EpiPet Ear Cleaner. It's super simple. And it even smells good. Every week I use it on both my dog and my cat to gently remove wax and debris. (laughs) I even told my friend Aiden to try EpiPet on his dog Sophie who always had red ears. But not anymore. Now we both have happy and healthy pets. Thanks, EpiPet. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, visit epi-pet.com. Trendologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We love to say it all the time. We're urban. Suburban. And, and country. country. And now, Pet Buzz News from around the globe. Let's kick off this segment with global pet news. You know, pet cats and dogs in the capital city of South Korea will be tested for COVID-19 if they show symptoms, the Seoul Metropolitan Government has said, which I think is interesting. This is kind of one of the first announcements we've had like this. It comes a few weeks after the country reported its first COVID-19 case in an animal, a little kitten who was believed to be infected by a mother and daughter staying at the facility where the cat lived. Only pets would show signs of symptoms like fever or breathing difficulties after being exposed to human carriers of the virus will be tested. So then the pet must be quarantined at home if the test if they test positive for the virus. It is not necessary for the pet to be sent into an isolation facility as there is no evidence of COVID-19 that can be spread between humans and pets. That being at this time, that's what the research uh, is saying at this time. But if the owner, if the pet owners are hospitalized with COVID-19 or too ill or too old to take care of it, their pet will be taken into a quarantine city-run facility. Now, if you remember in Hong Kong, they confiscated the pets and they took them into a city-owned facility to monitor the pet's interaction while the humans were at the hospital or or quarantined at home. Well, in South Korea, human patients with COVID-19 are generally put in quarantine facilities if they do not need hospital care. And actually, um, one of the disease control officials recently said he wants to remind everyone that you need to stay at two meters. That's about six and a half feet away from people and other pets when walking. So I think that's always good advice because a lot of times we forget that when we're walking, right, Dr. Fleck, especially if you're in a big urban metropolis or you're even at the uh, if you're even at the dog park, stay away from the other uh, humans if you choose to go at this time. I mean, I've stayed away from dog parks and I think a few other people have kind of, uh, you know, done parks more recently. What do you think? I'm intrigued with the attitude that South Korea has taken versus what the United States takes. Uh, Because as you recall, back in springtime, I wanted to attempt to do and found all the mechanisms for doing uh, testing in pets and was denied that opportunity. Mm -hmm. And at this point in time, veterinarians in the United States 
are denied the opportunity for testing animals unless there's a large protocol that they have to go through. Right, which is contacting the health department, proving that the patients have COVID-19. Thus, maybe the dog has COVID-19, correct? In addition to that, one has to eliminate the diseases from all other uh, testing uh, for other disease maladies, which may be similar to COVID-19. I think this is encouraging because it is time for us to pay attention to the pets. And maybe the United States now with their attitude might change and allow us to consider doing testing for pets. Because I am sure that we have missed COVID cases in pets. Well, it's uh, it was a great, interesting news piece. Uh, our next guest is waiting for us. I'm curious. Have you ever wondered how you and your dogs can break a world record? We're going to find out, we aren't are we? We are going to. Emily Larlam of Dogmantics Dog Training in California is going to talk to us about training her dogs to become Guinness Book of World Record holders. That's exciting. It is. Yeah. Emily, welcome to the Pet Buzz today. Hi, guys. I'm really honored to be here. Okay, We're good. We're excited well, to have you. Good, good. We're going to make you excited with the first question here. What prompted you to go for a Guinness Book of World Records with your dog? And tell us what you did to get the coveted title. Okay. Well, actually, we got two titles. Um, and the, <laughs> the reason that I, I wanted to do it was because I know uh, these two dogs here are pretty amazing. Um, and also, Wish here is a little bit socially anxious. And the wonderful thing about the Guinness records is you can set the time that you can uh, that you do the record so there's no stress of like a big competition with crowds so that was perfect for her to show off her amazing abilities um and wish is super fast at doing tricks so she did the five meter crawl the fastest five meter crawl for a dog and halo here halo and wish uh they competed and did um the most tricks done by two dogs in synchronization in one minute. Tell us what kind of tricks, I mean, what kind of tricks did your dogs do? I mean, for the two minute record, what were they doing? Okay, so, um, well, uh, Halo's only just gonna be turning two, so he didn't know as many tricks as Wish knew. Mm -hmm. So it was basically all the 28 tricks that could apply to the rules uh, that, that he could do. Um, but, but Wish can do so many more tricks. So it's basically all the tricks that he could possibly do, such as uh, waving the left paw, the right paw, sitting pretty, doing say your prayers, weaving the legs, jumping over my arms, and, and anything you can imagine that is a short and fast trick. <laughs> wow. Two dogs, two minutes, and 28 tricks. Yeah, our dogs, they can't do anything. They can sit and they can stay. Yeah, right. And they speak French. Well, forget you. You didn't train and teach him anything. Okay. Spoken to eat. Like, yeah. Well, that's it. That's his idea of giving treats is throwing Cheetos on the floor. Oh, tell me. Sorry. Cheese its Okay. So uh, tell us about how you train your dogs. I mean, to achieve such fame or just for fun. Um, okay. Well, I, that's my favorite question. Because the way that I like to train is uh, a way that doesn't invo involve any forms of intimidation. Mm -hmm. So if the dogs don't want to do the trick, then they just don't do it. And usually that's information that something's wrong. So either the dog doesn't have an understanding, they're tired, they're physically tired, or, or they're in pain, or they're just stressed. 
So uh, we listen to each other. And the wonderful thing is that uh, by training this way, you'll see if you watch some of their footage that they have this, uh, this positive emotion while doing the tricks. And it's a really great way uh, to bond with your dog. I find it really magical and, and wonderful. And the wonderful thing about training others to use this type of training is that it's not as emotional. You don't get your feelings hurt when the dog does something wrong and you can take a step back and learn to be compassionate um, and understanding of the other. And I find that it is an amazing skill for them being able to communicate with other human beings. So it's, it's, it's really changed my life learning about this way of training. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's really beneficial for us as human beings, like you say. What about the beneficial effect for, for the canine? For trick training. Uh, well, in all types of training, yeah, um, the benefits uh, for for using positive reinforcement is that there's less stress and frustration if you're setting uh, the training in uh, in small achievable steps. So you could frustrate a dog using positive reinforcement by asking too much, but by using re rewards and setting the criteria so that it's easily achievable. Um, as you would with a child that's learning to read, you wouldn't ask them to read, uh, you know, a full book. You would start with a couple of words. You set them up for success and build confidence in them. Psychologically and somatic. It's yeah. great. That was fun, Emily. It was really fun. I really appreciated it. Great. And congratulations on your new Guinness Book of, Guinness World, Book of Record. World Record title. Yeah, yeah that's, I think that's the best part. Well, anyway, uh, check, out, uh, check out Emily's YouTube and social media channels. They're enjoyable to watch and provide you with great dog training advice. I love trick training as it's fun for both you and your dog. But most importantly, training in general stimulates dogs mentally and physically. And it helps you have a better bond. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. On that note, it's time to wrap the show. But before we go, we want to give you a preview for next week's show. Next week, we're talking about what we learn from dogs when they're sleeping. Gorillas now have COVID. And Black veterinarians who have made a contribution to veterinary medicine all for February's Black History Month. And Dr. Fleck, will you thank our guests? Because we have some good Special ones. thanks to our guests. Lawn Starters, Jeff Herman. Sniffs, Aaron Schneiderman and Dogmantics, Emily Larlam, for visiting with us today. Okay, and of course, we must always thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin coat and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. Don't forget, if you buy EpiPet products using the Pet Buzz as your code, you'll receive 25% off on all the great products, including shampoos, skin and coat sprays, sunscreen, ear cleaner, and supplements for your dogs and cats. But if you have a question, Write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. We'll cover it next week on our show. And if you've missed any portion of this show, visit our social media channels as well as your favorite streaming channels and listen to the linked podcast and Monday morning. Most importantly, remember we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets. Peace out and pet love. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz is hosted by the dynamic pet duo, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. Tune in each week for the latest 411 on everything pet related. Visit our website at www.thepetbuzz.com. Learn more about us, the show, and our guests.